episode 69 of The Virtual Couch. I'm your host, Tony Bay. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of The Path Back. The Path Back is an online recovery um, product program. This is ridiculous. Like, that's my own program that I'm forgetting what, what I'm talking about. You just do so much. Exactly. I, you know, I'm going with it. The, okay, we're, we're not cutting again because it's like take 17. Let it be. Right? Yeah. Uh, but creator of The Real. Path Back, go to pathbackrecovery.com. Um, it's an online pornography recovery program that uh, is designed to help you or anyone that you are, you love, you're working with to overcome um, pornography addiction, compulsive sexual behavior. If you go there, you can sign up and get a free download of an ebook that uh, is very helpful. Nice. I actually say like more about the ebook when my real spiel, no. if you weren't here, I guess I'm nervous <laughs> to be in front of someone with an IMDb page. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> So uh, I have a guest in the studio today, and his name is Anthony, and I just learned Esteves. You got it. That's and right. uh, not Estevez, which no. I thought it was. So that's why I'm looking at notes. Um, but if you are follow, if, if you're a big fan of the YouTube, you can go to uh, the YouTube channel. You can see what he looks like in person. Mm-hmm. Um, said in a very comfortable way with my own masculinity. Probably the most handsome guest that's been on the oh. podcast. Oh, wow. Um, and so, uh, matter of fact, now I'm wishing that I would hit. There's a little button I can hit, and it says enhance appearance with the <laughs> webcam I have. Uh-huh. And it makes me look... Uh, it's like an anime character. <laughs> so I don't know if I can go and do that after. I thought maybe you're going to put like a happy face emoji over me because you got tired of my face. Well, that's not a bad <laughs> idea. Right? Uh, but I really am grateful to have, uh, have Anthony on here. Anthony is co-host of the Capeless Crusaders podcast. We'll talk about that in a little bit. He's a writer, contributor, film enthusiast for Latino Review Media, husband, uh, father. And so, I mean, uh, what a multi-dimensional player pretty much a lot. yeah 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 this i do too much sometimes do you okay <laughs> and so and we've got uh and so i'll just kind of jump right to it but then we'll do a little bit of backstory before we get to what anthony is really here to talk about but a few episodes ago um i recorded an episode on suicide and uh, it's you know it's a difficult topic to cover but one that i think we need to bring more attention to there needs to be more um just open dialogue about suicide suicide prevention talking to people about suicide and uh, so I got a lot of good feedback from that. And I have a good friend who was on episode 62, Jonathan uh, Alba. Then that was on how to raise an adult. And Jonathan worked with you. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. And so Jonathan put me in touch with you. And this is when I realized how trusting I am of my friends. Uh, Jonathan said, you should have this guy on your podcast. I said, you bet. Right. <laughs> Here we are. Um, and so. For all uh, you know, I could have been here. Uh, I like I like podcasts. <laughs> exactly right. I don't really, wait. Okay, so now here comes the we can plus your um, Cables Crusaders podcast. So then I did say, "Okay, I'm a pro. I'm gonna do a little bit of background." Okay. So uh, a few days ago, I say I can't need to listen to some of his podcasts, and um, and I think I shared with you off mic that it made me really feel like less of a man because it was all about uh, comic books and Batman and superheroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just knew nothing. <laughs> and so I felt very insecure. But so talk a little bit about your podcast, the well, Cable's Crusaders. Yes. Uh, we formed just over four years ago. We all worked at the same spot, same as, same as uh, Jonathan did. And we, there was like seven of us in this group thread and we would just go back and forth on superhero movies, superhero elements, and it all actually started with a debate about Iron Man 3. Um, Tom, uh, who is a writing partner of mine, who's now down in SoCal making amazing short films, wow. uh, he took the stance of how he does not like Iron Man 3. Okay. And then David Barry, who's the main host, and yeah. myself, are Iron Man 3 defenders. We It's not the greatest Marvel movie, but we defend the film itself. And see, we're going back and forth in the thread. And then I don't remember who it was that said it first, but one of us said... Why don't we do a podcast about this? To debate whether if Iron Man 3 was... Or just comics in general. Ah. And then we responded with, 
why don't we do a podcast? So that was four years ago. That was four years ago. There was six to seven of us. We got around a small table in a, in a living room. We started doing audio. After about maybe episode, it was in the 40s, we decided to go video as okay. well. So you can listen to us and or watch us. Okay. Um, and then we went to Twitch, which is the YouTube for like the gaming world. Yeah. And Twitch is blowing up. We have a friend who also worked at Jonathan as well, who's part of Twitch over in the Bay Area. He's the one who told us, you guys got to do this. You guys are perfect for this. Yeah. So we're on Twitch, YouTube, and your podcast app. Yeah. Um, but we go into everything regarding comic books, whether okay. it's... The books themselves, the characters, the movies that are inspired by I can't them. believe I just looked down and saw your what's around your wrist. I, I am sporting both. So I couldn't decide if I was going to go Marvel. which <laughs> and is, you have to go to YouTube. And watch this. Which is Daredevil right here. Nelson Murdoch, Attorneys at Law. Those of you who watch Daredevil on Netflix, that's oh, what wow. this is from. Okay. This is Wonder Woman. I couldn't decide DC or Marvel. It's Comic-Con weekend. <laughs> oh. I'm going to sport both. This is a faux pas, by yeah. the way, in the comic world. You should not be rocking both DC and Marvel. But I'm breaking the rule, so I'm going to hear about this probably tomorrow and uh, from here on out. Okay. But I don't care. Can I, can I catch up on my vulnerabilities? Because Absolutely. they're getting so many now. Absolutely. Uh, number one, I didn't know that there was an Iron Man 3. I'm an <laughs> Iron Man fan. Um, number two, DC and Marvel. Every now and again, people, clients will say, which one do you like best? And I mm-hmm. say, Man, which one do you like best? And I'll go with that. Go with that. There you go. Um, okay. When you came in wearing this attorney at law shirt, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, can I, do I make jokes about, oh, uh, not dressing up today huh, for the podcast, <laughs> not knowing that it's from the superhero mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. I, think, I think I'm caught up. Murdoch here would be the man who was Daredevil right there. Okay. That's the guy right there. Oh, I feel insecure. <laughs> uh, don't worry, because, you know, when when we decided to do this, I was the film enthusiast okay. who knew very little about comics. Okay. I owned three to my name. My comic book experience was when my parents wanted to go to Barnes & Noble to drink coffee after church. Yeah. I'd go over to the comics and just skim through. Okay. And that's all I knew. Okay. Within the last four years, I have read so many comic books. Have you? out of my entire life. I, now I'm like, I actually have comic book knowledge. Okay. Nowhere near our host, David yeah. Barry or Amy. They are still the encyclopedias of comic books. And I'm already laughing about uh, when people see the title of this, it's going to have, you know, it's going to talk about suicide. And mm-hmm. now we're a few minutes in and we're on comic books. We're, right? right? we're going to get there, but that's no, where yeah, the podcast has yeah. really taken off as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. You're a hundred and something episodes in. We have done a hundred and two. Our 103rd wow. is tomorrow night. Okay. We're having local model Summer K who cosplays, models. She's going to be on our show. We're going to talk to her about the history of cosplay that she's had, mm. how she comes across her characters, what it's like uh, to deal with, you know, people who say you're not really a model. You're just dressing up as a character and what cause she does both. So okay. we're going to go into detail and stuff like that. Okay. But it's, uh, you know, and the thing with Iron Man 3 is our topic today is actually kind of touched on in Iron Man 3. Really? Like Tony Stark himself, he has an ex- he's having anxiety attacks, okay. panic attacks after what happened to the first Avengers film. Okay. So a prime example of Iron Man 3 is he's going through that. He's dealing with there's something worse coming and I don't know what to do oh, wow. and he's okay. panicking about it. I ended up connecting with that movie when we, as we talked yeah, about yeah. it. But that's... One of the reasons why I like that movie so much, because it shows the humanity of Tony Stark. Okay. All right. I'm in. I there, there you I go. Watch that, right? <laughs> um, I, I will. Uh, and I also, I think I made the joke earlier on about you, your IMDb page. Yes. So I was looking at that. Um, you were involved in a project called For America back in 2011. Mm-hmm. I read, everyday Americans are evicted from their homes. Today, one man says, no, Robert Donner isn't leaving without a fight. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Donner. Right here. That's me. Yeah. So what was that project? So Rusty Moyer wanted to do this short film, and it was going to be something Grindhouse-inspired, mm. very Tarantino Rodriguez, and he just wanted to do this, like, six-minute short film. And he's like, I want you to be in it. I'm like, okay, let's do this. So Had you acted before? Uh, on the stage, in theater, oh, in high okay. school. I did theater in high school. Um, 
movies are life for me. So of course I wanted to be involved okay. in something. And basically it was, you know, work a morning to afternoon shift. And the minute we were off, and this was like for a good two months, we go to their house, which has been cleaned out. There's nothing but lights everywhere. Uh-huh. And it was from that time to midnight of just filming. And the six, of the six minutes, about four minutes of it is a complete like battle scene. Oh, wow. It's a fight scene throughout this entire house. Okay. And we don't have stunt doubles. So we're doing our own stunts. So uh-huh. we're learning choreography for it. I'm taking the hits to the ground. I'm falling. Under. One of the reasons I got chosen is because I'm such a wrestling fan okay. that I can actually sell a hit. Yeah. I can make it look like you actually hit me. Yeah. So I'm doing that on stage, on, on the set. I do come home with some bruised elbows, but that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, but we make this film that came out during the time of the housing crisis oh, okay. and the coming back up from it. So there was that element to it, but mainly it's a grindhouse. Little guy getting back at the, the uh, big the guy, man. the man. Uh, my character's name is slightly inspired by Richard Donner, the director of Lethal Weapon oh, okay. and all those action films. So Robert Donner gotcha. has a shout out to it. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a fun time. Can you it still was, go find it anywhere? It's it's on YouTube. It's okay. on YouTube. Just okay. type in uh For America. I mean the type in Rusty Moyer as well. For America, yeah. Rusty Moyer. You'll see okay. it on my YouTube page. I share it. I'll put a link on it here too. As Absolutely. Well. Yeah. Absolutely. But it was fun. Okay. So, um, and one of the things we talked about before was if it would be good for me to know uh, in advance of the interview much about what you wanted to talk about. And we kind of decided that, no, I really just want to have you share your story. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I'm in, I actually, I don't think, oh, you can see it right above my head here. I have an elephant in the room. And that's for therapy, where then if there, you know, I know there's things that we need to talk about, but sometimes it's hard for people to jump in, you know, the elephant in the room. So I will say, do people want to talk about the elephant in the room? Do we want to kind of build a little rapport first? But so you tell me at what point, if you want to kind of start talking about the the topic that you're here today. You got it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. I want a little bit more about your background, though, is uh, married kids. We talked yeah. about that at the beginning. We'll talk about that. Yes. Uh, so I married my after high school sweetheart, mm. is what I call her. We knew each other in high school, went to prom together, but it was mainly friends. Oh, wow. uh, we got together after, been together ever since. We got married in 2009. She's my tag team partner, my best friend, my rock, everything I need. And then as of 2013, we've had two boys. We've had Jackson, who is now going to be five in August. Okay. And Thomas, who just turned two this past April. Okay. And they are little monsters. Yeah. Uh, we, I'm calling them Thor and Hulk. Because they love each other, but boy, do they like to wrestle and continuously wrestle with each other. And sometimes it's laughing, sometimes it's crying. Yeah. Um, but I hate to even ask this. Who would win out of Thor or Hulk? Thor? I heard somebody told me that Thor wins everything because he's a god. Supposedly, yeah. In Thor Ragnarok, the third film, it kind of came to kind of a draw. Uh, but they still have this banter with each other as to who's better. Okay. There's the joke that... Uh, Hulk is able to sign in. Like Bruce Banner, who Hulk is when he gets a human form, he signs into a place and his code name is Strongest Avenger. And when Thor hears it, he has this, oh, come on. He has this. <laughs> okay. So it's still that banter there. But between these two, the oldest, Jackson, he is the spotlight. He's his father. He wants the spotlight. He's overdramatic. Mm. He makes these, these, he, Breaks down if something's emotional, cries watching Coco. And Thomas, the youngest, is the little brawler who is going to be, if he, even if he's only five foot two, mm. he will stand up to the bully who's probably six nine and be like, you're nothing, do something. Okay. I see him being that guy right yeah, where he is yeah. right now and will defend his big brother about, against anything, yeah. but will still, you know wrestle with him and cause pain at the end. That's for about a decade. I work with a fair amount of teenagers and the oldest I, I hear typically 
It is the second one down or a younger sibling that then will provoke oldest then responds oldest gets in trouble you should know better that sort of thing mm-hmm. that happens oh yeah. yeah oh yeah so. and and youngest also copies everything oldest brother does oh. jackson says something thomas will copy it right be, right after okay. oh, that's <laughs> yeah. nice that he wants is. to be his big brother but also sometimes put him in his place yeah it's, it's very fun um do you do you, uh what do you do for uh for Louis? do you share that yeah i uh right now i am a contributor contributor writer and film enthusiast for latino review media okay i write um Basically, I write about two news, two or three news articles a day oh. in the entertainment world. Nice. Uh, whatever's going on, whatever's new. Um, I write reviews in The Walking Dead. Oh. I wrote reviews on 24 Legacy when that show came out. And American Gods. Those okay. are three things I was constantly reviewing. So I've thought of this before. So you can watch TV with impunity. I mean, that's your job. Oh, yeah. my, my major, in, uh, I went to Sac State. Uh-huh. And my major was mass communications and media. Okay. So... Everything media is what I pretty much study. So, I grew up on film okay. anyway. So yeah. like Christopher Reeve, Superman, yeah. was where I started to learn English before I went to school. Oh, wow. My parents spoke English just fine. They, okay. they're, 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 they're fluent in everything. Yeah. But they wanted me to know Portuguese at home. Uh-huh. And grandma lived with us, so she only spoke Portuguese. Oh. So I learned Portuguese first. And the only English I really had was when I watched Christopher Reeve, Superman. Wow. So Superman, I think, was my first American uh, English word okay. that I Superman said. was. Superman was, yeah. So, you know, the movies have been a part of me since wow. I was young. And Jurassic Park was the movie that made me say, I want to be involved some way in that because you guys did this and it looks so real and so amazing. I want to be involved with that. Um, I may want to do a follow-up down the road on it. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell you, uh, when I went away to school for the first time, I went away to Kansas State University. I was going to try to play some baseball. I grew up in Utah. And I had had four friends killed after my senior year in a car wreck. Oh. And it was devastating. And part of that was I wanted to escape. So I go to Kansas State. And, uh, and you know, I had a best friend that was there with me. But, but it was a lot of unknown, you know, that far away from home. And there was a little dollar theater in the town of Manhattan, Kansas. And so then for a full year, I would go watch that every, I would go see whatever was there every oh, week. Yeah. And it was such an escape. And to this oh, day, goodness. I feel like oh, yeah. when I go to a movie... I mean, I don't think about anything else. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm typically very disappointed when the lights come up. Oh, yeah. And you have to walk outside. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm the guy who, and I got this part from my dad, but I'm the guy who's not only in the theater. I'm not, oh, I'm not just focused on the screen catching everything. Mm-hmm. When the end credits roll, I'm still sitting there. Yeah. I'm kind of paying respect to like everyone that was involved with this film. So we will stay in the end credits for a while, depending on the film. Of course, when if you're watching a Marvel movie, you have to right. stay for the end credits right. because there's something at the end. Yeah. But I've always been that like, you know, Heaven is a theater, a big movie theater uh-huh. with something, something on that I love. Wow. And I'm just, I lose myself in film. Okay. Is that a nice way to kind of segue then about topic today? You Absolutely. mentioned there were some, some uh, similarities with Iron Man 3. Okay. Yes. You, you drive. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So, um, as a topic being uh, mental health and suicide. Um, suicide has put a part in my family um, dating back to 94. My uncle... Uh, basically one night, my dad and I were watching Terminator 2. And this was like the first rated R movie I got to see. And my dad was always the one who was next to me, where if it was a rated R action film, he'd be explaining to me, okay, what you're seeing here is a fictional story. This is an actor playing a robot. He's got makeup on. So we both lose ourselves in the story, but at the same time telling me he's not really dead. That's an actor portraying Uh, someone who's dead, but still keeping me... We were still intrigued. I was still intrigued by it. I now understood these are actors playing characters, but that still made me love the story even more. That's sure. being portrayed. So we're watching Terminator 2, 
finish it, go to bed. And then my dad comes into the room and tells me, Hey, we got to go see, go see my uncle real quick because we think he's sick or something. So, okay, fine. You're getting 12. Is that what the time? Did you say 94? Uh, 94. Yes. 94. Okay. I was 12. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, I just did math there quickly. Um, and I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning with my dad next to me telling me my uncle had just passed away and mm-hmm. he took his life. Oh, and do you know what that meant at that time or, or it, I just knew that he was gone. Okay. And I, I knew that it was something he did to himself. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't understand why there wasn't anything left behind saying why. Mm. Um, so it was very confusing at that time. And I, but I was in an emotional state and he had a son who was my first cousin and he stayed with us for for a while while my aunt got everything taken care of. So he stayed with us and we kind of tried to introduce him to, you know, family that my dad's side that lives in Los Angeles in Southern California area. We wanted, you know, keep him around family and keep that going. And he'd go with us. He, he kind of became my brother mm. at that time. And then we went our separate ways um, he went back home. Uh, we didn't go to middle school together. He was on a different track, went to different high schools. Time went by where we weren't really seeing each other. Okay. And he ended up working for UPS. And we knew this because he would, whenever he delivered something, the box he delivered would say, hi to my dad or uh, hi to me. Or he leaves the messages on, yeah. little messages on the boxes. And always wanted to meet up again, always wanted to see him, but we never could find a way to get things set up. Saw him at the grocery store. We chatted. We said, you know, we got to find time together and talk and chat. How old were you at that point? Was that high school? Or this was, that... was late 20s. Okay. This oh, was okay. late 20s. Okay. So it had been a while. Been a while. Yeah. Again, yeah. The, the only communication was, you know, that those boxes from UPS. And oh, right, right. Okay. And my dad would respond with the high back for sending something out. Yeah. Because we knew he did our route. We okay. knew that, but never could see him when it would happen. Um, we talked at the grocery store, wanted to meet up. And within a year later, this was, this was 2014. Uh, nearly 20 years to the date of my uncle, my cousin took his life. Oh, yeah. Okay. He took his life. That was around Easter. It was around Easter. I was actually working at the same place I was with Jonathan uh-huh. when uh, my dad tried to reach me by calling me. Yeah. And I couldn't pick up at the time. So he, he did send text. And I just crouched down. I was in the corner. Mm. David, who was, part of the, who was part of the Crusaders, he saw that. He was by me. And... It brought up all the old feelings okay. from 20 years ago. And for the longest time, I had always looked at suicide. The way my mind worked then, yeah. my mind was so like, once I heard the word, like, no. I was one of those guys who's like, yeah, you're, you're weak. Okay. You're How could you do that? That's, you have all this to go for. You know? yeah. That's the way my mind worked then about it. And when, er, when he took, when, when he took his life, and I just sat there and thought about it. And it was this mix of angry. How could you do this? To also, what's he been feeling yeah. for these past 20 years? Okay. And why couldn't I be there to help him? Because we were close. We grew up close. My, my dad and his brother, they were, they were the closest of the siblings in, this, in my dad's family. And we were growing up close. We played Little League together. Mm. And... 
So for that, that feeling was always there. Like, why, why didn't I try hard to reach out to him? What could he have been going through? What's, what, what wasn't I there for? Why didn't I push harder for that? And so I started to think more about that. Like how, what makes a person think they have no choice, but to take, to, you know, make that final decision. Sure. And in that meantime, we had like a family friend, from high school that we've known for a long time, her, her father took his life. Mm-hmm. And we got involved with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. They have an Out of the Darkness walk in Sacramento. Oh. And we started doing these walks. Okay. And that's when I started to like, think about this more. I'm like, there, there's, there's something, you know, there's, there's, I wanted to learn more about what makes people think that's the only choice they have. Okay. And personally then, um, there came a time where it was about two years ago where I faced, as I'll call it, an impromptu career change. Okay. Uh, so things had changed. And that, that impact on me put me in, lack of a better term, a funk. Okay. So this day happens to where I have to change careers. And I'm already got this, this failure feeling. I'm looking at my wife. I'm looking at my kids. I'm like, you've let them down. You, you, you failed. The very next day, a cousin of mine from Southern California, who was like the youngest of our generation of cousins, 25, had just succumbed to a second battle of cancer. Wow. His cousin. Hey, that's my, a lot to deal with. My cousin calls me. She was there when it happened. She's in tears and breaks down and tells me what happened. Okay. So within 24 hours. So you get the you get got get an impromptu, career, impromptu change, career change. Feeling like you let your family down, not where down. you're at in life at that point. Oh. And then the youngest cousin of our generation, 25. Okay. So at that point, does all the rest of the things you've been kind of dealing with the last couple of years up to that point about suicide and what was somebody thinking? And I mean, does it all decide it's going to pile on? All that boils up. Yeah. And again, again my brain, the, the brain is, we don't give the brain enough credit mm. for how much power it has. Yeah. And my brain still had that. Don't even think no. of suicide. Don't tap out. Don't you dare do that. Yeah. But at the same time, my brain is in over criticizing yeah. Uh, it, it, I criticize myself like crazy in my mind. Mm. So at that point, my brain is telling me things like, look what happened. You've, mm. you've, you've failed. I had a five day workout plan and my brain's like, don't even think about, it. we can pick up weights for it. Yeah. Look what you did. What's, what's lifting that weight going to do with what happened these last. So it was a good time for quite a few weeks where I'm just, I'm just, I'm in a funk. I can get yeah. out of it. Um, I had friends who, friend of mine from high school who worked at my first job who offered that if I wanted to, to go work back with them. Okay. And granted, this was, this was a part-time thing. This didn't have the benefits I had. And I said, but you know what? It'll give me something to come in to help with the family to feel like I'm providing. Okay. So I got that, but still that my brain for a good two years was like, you went back to this. You were over here yeah. making so much more benefits. Kids were taken care of. We were going to, you know, think about having a third child and knowing how the first two went and how little it cost us because the benefits were so great. Yeah. Look what you lost. Mm. So there was a lot of my brain just. And I can thing. jump into it. So Go I talk it. a lot about the concept of guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, guilt and emotion of, uh, I almost like the view that uh, there's a thought of it's more like a stop sign. It's an emotion. You can feel guilty about forgetting someone's birthday about, yeah. Uh, you know, something like that. But then the shame kicks in and the shame says, I mean, boy, you're laying it out perfectly. The shame says, uh, no, no, I, I hear you with the guilt, but by the way, you're a horrible person. You're never going to overcome this. And and then I feel like when that happens and I've got a, a 
uh, theory I like to call the emotional baseline where your then your version of self-care is going to take a dive too because what does it matter why am I going to yep. spend time on that oh, yeah. and when your emotional baseline is low now everything you know when you're feeling good uh, bills to pay decisions to make I mean we can do this right mm-hmm. yeah. and the lower your emotional baseline gets then it's like yeah who cares what does it matter mm-hmm. and you got everybody else to tell you just do this just do this I mean did you get to that point where you just or were you even listening to other people were you were you kind of keeping it inside I was uh, I was keeping it inside okay. uh, the, the, you know, it's, it's we're uh, the Portuguese were like the Irish uh-huh. and the Italians, you know, okay. we, everything's internalized. Yeah. And cause was that too weak or vulnerable? If you were going to say help, I mean, I can't do this. That's what, that's what I felt like. No yeah. one ever said that. To right. Me. No right. one ever gave me this. Don't ever talk about it. Yeah. People always wanted to talk to me and see how I was doing. It is the way I function. Cause I've always been the guy who will put on the mask. Yeah to make everyone else like follow. It's your job. When things got crazy at work uh, and we were upset or it was getting annoying the way things were dealing with people in the public. And I felt it. I was the guy who would spit out a line from a movie to make someone laugh Okay, or put the mask on and be like sarcastic, uh, sarcastic positivity okay. where it's like, yeah, I know it sucks out there, but Hey, let's go anyway. Okay. You know, one of those right, things, right. you know, and that's, that's what I would do. I feel what they were feeling, but at least try to make fun of the situation. Talk about the way your brain works. I mean, that became the neurological pathway to deal with, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So then when you got solo, was that even hard to kind of muster up or were you still? It was, it was for, for a few weeks it was, and it was, and you know, my wife, God bless her. She, she had just got promoted at work. Mm. So the whole thing was, all right, we're going to have a little more money coming as promoted. Then this happens. Yeah. So I'm like, again, that adds to the shame. I'm like, you you just ruined your promotion. Right. Look right. what you did. I'm saying if baseline's high, it's like, okay, good. I'm glad that happened. Mm-hmm. Tender mercy, right? But it, but you're in shame mode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it it was still and I and whenever we wanted to talk, I would say how I was feeling. Okay. And she to to her credit, she was always been someone who says, We'll get through this. I'll see the emotion on her face. Mm. She 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 doesn't have a poker face. Not with me anyway. Yeah. I've just comms major. I'm meant to read what someone's sure. body language is. So I could see it on her. Any other, you know, stranger, she can hide from that. But with me, I can see it. But it was always with her. She always had this, we're going to get through this. We're going to make it. Because we would do that to each other. Okay. Whenever we're so down, it's okay. We'll get through this. And she never, there was being upset at first. But she never blamed me for anything. Okay. She never added to shame. If anything, she was trying to get me motivated. Okay. Get me positive about it. And I was hearing her. It wasn't like I was shutting her out. I was totally hearing her. Mm-hmm. I was just battling yeah. her voice, her words against the Anthony over here with the hood on yeah. who's telling me not to. So just the uh, just automatic negative thought, mm-hmm. negative thought, mm-hmm. negative self-talk, yep. not believing anything positive. Yep. Okay. And then and we talk about Iron Man 3. Okay. And the reason I like, like that movie so much in there is because I could relate with the Tony Stark that's happening there. The Tony Stark that's there is riddled with anxiety. Okay. He's He knows something horrible is coming. He's trying to prepare for it, but thinks he can't stop it from happening. Was he? I, I mean, I should watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, right? Spoiler alert. I it, mean, it, is he is he reaching out to others? Is he is this the internal battle? Oh no, yeah. No, Tony is not reaching out. Gotcha. Anymore. He's okay. down in his uh, the, he's down in, in R and D in the, mm-hmm. his house. Not bad cave, but his yeah. Tony cave, if you want to say. He's making all of his suits. He's made like forty, I think it was forty three Iron Man suits. Okay. out of like protection. 
And he says, uh, honey, I can't sleep. And there's that moment. It's a gift too. It's Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Just saying, but honey, I can't sleep. And I send that gift to my wife sometimes as kind of a joke. And I can relate because there were these times where the time to go to bed. And before I go to bed, there's that voice saying, uh, you're going to bed. You're a loser. Where to go? And I wouldn't fall asleep right away. I'd wake up feeling, oh, where to go? You failed. Good job. Mm. So didn't sleep comfortably. There's that in there. So I, when I see Iron Man 3, I'm like, God, I feel what Tony's feeling. I was paycheck, but <laughs> yeah. I feel what he's feeling. So, okay. And I'm not trying to like say all life is like movies, but it's funny you even bring that up. So he's mm-hmm. got his uh, Tony cave. He can build 43 <laughs> Iron Man suits and he's still he's anxious. He's a billionaire. Yeah. But he's still, there's this thing out there that yeah. is worrying him. And he's just riddled anxiety from that, from the events that he's been through. And for me, that thing was what happened over there and trying to find the victory, the mm-hmm. comeback. Because all I was doing was watching comeback stories. Okay. I watched Cinderella Man like yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was watching Iron Man 3. I was watching about the comeback story. And I'm like, I got it. I need a comeback story. Yeah. I have this part-time thing that's helping. And to the people who helped me get back over there, I thank them incredibly. They gave me a place to be. It wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't going to be something long-term, but it was enough to help me survive okay. in order to find something more. So my best friend from high school and my old boss, I, I'm indebted to them for giving me that chance. It okay. was a two-year window that they gave me and it, it helped. It helped. But, it, you know, I just, I, I was there. Well, you talked about how you, you said you still had that. I almost feel like it's maybe the logical part of your brain was saying there's this hard line, no. Mm-hmm. There's no way that would happen. But yeah. then was the emotional brain starting to kind of win the battle? I mean, were you, were you ever contemplating, you know, those kind of thoughts? Never got to that point. Okay. Never got to that point. Because the one thing that kept reminding me. Yeah. The one thing my brain gave me was, remember what this did when your uncle did it. Mm. Remember what this did when your cousin did it. Okay. Now look at your wife and your kids. Yeah. And there's too much life that I want to see out of my family, out of, out of professional career, okay. out of creative things on the side. That's when my brain shuts it down automatically. Okay. Because my brain is like, I know who you are. You want to go do these things. Yeah. You can't go do these things if you ever consider that. Yeah. And that's all within a, it's not like I'm sitting there pondering about it. Right. I'll give my mind that. It's like the second I even see the word. My brain's like, no, okay, no. And it, but it's evolved to where a point where when I hear that someone has taken their life, I don't go on this anger tangent. Mm. Instead, I go on this empathy, empathy. Yeah. What led you to that point? I wish there was a way to help. What couldn't you get over? Because I, I think you're sharing on some really big points too, where people do feel like, I think a lot of people get to that point where they think um, people will be better off without them. Mm-hmm. which I mean, and I think you do a nice job of describing how the negative self-talk just keeps in there, even though you can present well mm-hmm. on the outside. Um, Cause I, that's the one I hear often. They'd be better off without me, you know, whether it's they'll get the insurance yeah. money or uh, she'll marry yeah. somebody more, uh, more successful or, yeah. and uh, never, no, it, never, it, it, never, it, never the case. It never clicked in. That yeah. never was it. it I mean, it, when I'm even saying that's never correct. Right. right. I mean, yeah. It's saying yeah. to those listening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's when you're that negative self-talk can get so loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but people say also, you know, growing up Catholic, yeah. the one thing you were, to, you know, that you don't do when you're Catholic yeah. is, is suicide. You yeah. don't do that. Yeah. You don't at all. And granted, as I've gotten older, as my faith has changed in ways where the, my faith has become more of a, a personal thing here mm-hmm. than it is having to go somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, that has remained where I just, I can't 
I could never consider taking that step because of, I want to be there for my wife. I want to be there to see my boys grow up. I want to see my family evolve. I want to see what I can achieve for all these, you know, sleepless nights. Cause now my sleepless nights are of me trying to create things, trying to write stories and trying to put things out there. That's what's caused me to lose sleep. Yeah. Not, not, not anything else now, but I want to ask you when you're, when you talked about the, I think a lot of people do have that. I, I should have been more involved. Like when you found out that your cousin had, had uh, taken his life. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you know, if you kind of work through the stages of grief and loss, there's that bargaining. And I think a lot of people look at that of somebody has a, a, um, an illness, a chronic illness and, or stage four cancer. And, and that's when, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll be a priest if you will take this away. But I think what we kind of sleep on is that the bargaining is that I should have done something more. I mean, do you think that played a pretty significant role in that negative self-talk? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's the negative self-talk saying that, you know, you dropped the ball here, mm. you dropped the ball there. Now you really dropped the ball. So that all this at once. Okay. Right into that. So, and what do you? I mean, and I'm, I know I'm kind of I'm, I'm leading the witness since you have the attorney. Shit on, right? <laughs> uh, but what? What? I mean, you kind of have different thoughts on that now, or you know? Yeah, I okay. the, I definitely think that you know I could have been there for my cousin every day, right? And he still probably would have done what he did. Okay, uh, something just didn't. Something with the way you know the way his father did it and the way he went along, and I I've come to terms with. It, it probably wouldn't have mattered if I yeah. was there. I, my brain will still be like, maybe you could have done something. Sure. Maybe you could have actually yeah. helped. And maybe, maybe if he was still going to do it, maybe I would have at least given him moments of a little more joy than he had. Because mm-hmm. okay. we, we played off each other well. We, yeah. we joked around a lot and everything. I think you said something key there is, I mean, I, when I hear clients, especially that, that breaks my heart to hear them say that because I know how many people in, in his life heard that he had done that and are also thinking that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I think, like you say, it's, it's when somebody then says, man, I, pro- I, I probably could have prevented this. I never want to say, oh, you're, you don't have all that power. I'm not, cause that doesn't sound very, you know, yeah. strength based. Yeah. Right, right? Exactly, right? But I mean, but I, I, I just, I want to normalize that thought. Mm-hmm. And then what I think gets, is hard is that sometimes people then will latch onto that thought and then, then they'll kind of run with it. And instead of looking at that as, you know, I'm a big fan of mindfulness. I don't know if you do much around the mindfulness or meditation, mm-hmm. but you know, boy, you got that thought, you got a whole bunch of others as well, but, yeah. but choosing, it sounds like at times was it hard to not just believe those negative ones and just ride that, you know, negative thought train for a while. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a, I wanted to be in this funk okay. type thing. Yeah. I felt I deserved to be yeah. in this funk. So do you talk about, so that I like that you brought that up. What do you think now looking back, what, what purpose either, irrational thoughts purpose or what do you think that did for you wanting to be in that funk i got some theories so <sighs> yeah, theories. okay leading the witness uh <laughs> i want to say to be in that and it, i'm going to go back to the comic book movies uh, uh and it was friends of mine in the show who bring it up at that i mean one of the movies we loved so much was the dark knight rises okay the third in the batman the dark knight trilogy who is the... That's where Christian Bale's Batman. Okay, Bane, I know this one. Bane with the mask. Yeah, yeah. And that, in that film, you know, Batman, Bruce Wayne has been broken. Mm, and he's yeah. been put in this hole in the middle of nowhere. And people, you know, one of the things people would say to get me, like, motivated was, hey, you're Bruce right now in the pit. Okay. Now just find a way to, like, climb out of the pit. Okay. And that was a big motivation for me. Okay. People who know me know how to motivate me. Yeah, yeah. And they know that certain stories or certain films give me a fire. 
Okay. I, so many thoughts. Real. I love that you, I mean, that's one of those things to stay engaged, look for the people that, that, that know you, that mm-hmm. support you. Cause you said something, I think if somebody was saying to you, I don't know, Hey, watch, uh, watch this uh, motivational movie that worked for somebody else I know. And then if you watch that and it doesn't do anything for you, I mean, when people get really low, they'll even say, man, I can't even get motivated by uh, Air Bud. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and so for you, I like that yeah. you're saying, okay, these guys know me. I'm going yeah. to them. No, they know I'm, I'm, I'm a Batman fanatic. That's okay. my number one. And okay. so there's the story here that I can use yeah. to feed off of. And it, it, it helped. It took, it took time. Okay. It took time. But, but, it, but it helped me. Okay. That's how it responds to me, how I respond to it. Excuse me. But being in that, in that funk made me, I guess you could say, learn what not to do. Okay. And what not to ever mimic again. Okay. It gave me, I've been there. I've been the lowest of low I've ever been. Now come up from it. Okay. And everything you do, remember where you came from. Okay. Remember where I was. Yeah. And that can make me make maybe alternate decisions or take a different route or how to react if something of that caliber occurs and how I can survive it. Okay. So be aware. Be aware. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think where I was setting you up and you did, I like your answer better, uh, was I do find at times when people then they start to uh, really just identify with that. Hey, I'm in this pit. What can I do? Who wouldn't be in the pit because of all the things I've been through, oh, yeah. you know, don't try to tell me how to get out of the pit. You don't know what it's like in the pit, mm-hmm. those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. And, and I understand that. And I do feel like that's when a, some, you know, somebody does need to have empathy and jump in there and, and help somebody out. But I find that sometimes people, I don't know, maybe subconscious, that's the, I'm afraid to do whatever I have to do to get out of this pit. So if I can just identify with what this is like in here, mm-hmm. this is my new reality. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. agree. Because what what it did, if there was a positive that came out of this pit I was in, was that it awoke, awoken, awoken, awoke. Man, I'm good. I'm a writer, yeah, and, right, I'm, right. and I'm missing the word of the creativity, the creative side that I have ah. that I've put on snooze for like the past ten years. Okay, like there was, you know, there was the short film I did for yeah. America, but I wasn't doing as much creatively as I was before I went to this place, mm. as I was in high school, a lot of that was put on hold because I got comfortable uh, where I was as comfortable. I wasn't set for life, mm-hmm. but it was enough to be, Hey, I'm comfortable right now. I'm good. Okay. And I put away the drive and the power to be very creative. There was a few little things here and there yeah. I would do, but when this happened and I realized, Hey, you got to go do something. And I'm like, you know, this is the time where, you know, this is the time where plenty of people in the past have made something of themselves gotcha. when they were under it. Yeah. So that's when I really started to do writing a lot. And that's right. when Latino Review Media came across that I can write. And like, hey, do you want to write articles for us? And I took that position. That was a side thing. Cool. I woke up the uh, my on-the-side reverend duties that I do for weddings. Oh, okay. I do weddings on the side. Okay, that's hold cool. on. That, that is a, hey, we'll be right back. <laughs> I want to find out more about uh, you as reverend. <laughs> you you got, duties, you right? <laughs> okay, we'll be uh, right back with Anthony Esteves. <laughs> hey, before we dive back in and find out a bit more about Anthony, let me take a moment to tell you about Bloom for Women. Bloom for Women offers online programs, expert help, and an empathetic community to help women heal, strengthen, and grow past the trauma of infidelity and betrayal, whether it's betrayal from a spouse who maybe has um, confessed to a pornography or a sex addiction, or from the emotional betrayal of an affair. 
uh, please visit bloomforwomen.com and use coupon code virtualcouch, all one word, for one month free access to their evidence-based programs and community designed to help heal and recover from betrayal trauma. Again, that's bloomforwomen.com. And goodbye allowance, hello money pants. That's right, the Money Pants app is a tool for tech-savvy parents who want to teach their kids, listen to this part, to work for what they get. It's a tool that's easy to use. It's powerful. It's a tool that every member of the family can use. It's a tool for all family sizes, whether it's big or small. And it's a tool that leverages the family's resources, however much or however little that may be, easy for me to say, to achieve maximum results. Say goodbye to allowances. Hello to Money Pants. Go look up, uh, go look for the Money Pants app wherever you download apps, whether it's for your, um, your Apple device or your Android. And you can also find them at CaptainMoneyPants.com. And wait, where's the plug for Eli's Extracts? All natural shave cream scented with essential oils. You'll have to stay tuned for that uh, cliffhanger. But let me say that I did, in fact, forget to tell you when the plug is done that uh, you can go to Eli's-Extracts.com, E-L-I-S-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S.com, and use coupon code VIRTUALCOUCH, all one word, for 25% off your purchase of any size. So, okay, let's get back to the virtual couch and our guest, Anthony Esteves, from the Capeless Crusaders podcast. And we're back. Hey. So, okay, <laughs> I feel like the therapist in me now needs to be vulnerable, authentic, honest, um, blistering hot in the virtual couch studio. It was. It was. It was. So I, I don't know if you, was, was that like a pro move, though, when you watch me say, hey, that's a great time to oh, take yeah, a Oh, yeah, that was, that was beautifully but really it was, was we were both extra. sweating and stuck to our chairs we aren't filming in the sahara no it just but, uh, got really warm in here yeah and this guy sweats a lot i thought i so. sweat a lot <laughs> I mean, in a very loving way i i refilled this with sweat anyway <laughs> right. um, okay so uh and i oh i don't even know what episode i did i will not waste your time with the story but i have to tell you there was a time where I, there's i told a story about a, there used to be a thing called a one hour shopper's pass at disneyland i'm down there on a vacation oh no down there on business not vacation I'm staying at a hotel across from Disneyland. I, I think, I got an hour. So I run across the park. It was in the summer, and I do all these rides. And at one point, when I finally stop, the sweat poured off of me like, a, like it was a bad, just the faucet just dripping on me. <laughs> so I'm always worried that that's going to happen to me on a podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, um, I took care of that. You did. So I appreciate that. I got that. That's my title. Okay. But I really do want to hear more about So you perform weddings? Yes. So where does this come from? Yeah. This happened shortly after my wife and I got married. Friends of ours were like, hey, we're getting married. We want you to do it because you've got the speaker voice. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. And I'm like, how do I, how do I become? From, and I go looking online. It was, uh, it was Universal Life Church. Oh, found that, sure that. Yeah. and went there, filled out the information, followed the rules, saying you can't just go saying you're married, you're married, you're married. Yeah. You have to abide by state laws and all that, and marriage certificate needs to be signed. But if you prove all that. You're good. And I'm like, okay, I can do weddings now. Wow. So I did their wedding. I did a few weddings for friends. And my wife and I are like, why don't I just kind of make this a side thing? Okay. Because I get kind of, you know, get some extra cash out of it. Wow. So at this point, when I'm trying to bring up all my creativity back up, I'm like, why don't I let's go full blown with this? Okay. Know, I, I go the I go the Squarespace route. I go the I go the social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook under this ceremonies by Steve's. Oh. Went to Yelp on Google Plus. So now it's like, now I'm getting like emails like every other week of people who want weddings in the future. And I'm like, all wow. right. Okay, here Man, we go. Okay, there's our next episode as well. I want to hear funny wedding stories. Maybe oh, I'll be here. Oh, I've got 20, 22 weddings to my credit that wow. I can 
several that you could talk about. That oh yeah. Funny? Okay. Oh yeah. Funny, funny, emotional, uh, nerdy, okay. nerdy ones, which are, yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, so we kind of pick back up too. So obviously, uh, suicide has touched your life. You were doing, you were already trying to do some nice empathy work. And then when you, um, had that, career what did you call it uh, the impromptu career change impromptu career change yeah. and and that time kind of took you down a pretty negative path so now we're we're, we're starting to rise yes okay so what comes up is we have the string of uh celebrity deaths that occur oh, right uh one of which really affected me first was robin williams yeah. and that's someone who you know i i grew up watching him half of the reason i acted so crazy and in elementary school and hyper was because I watched Robin Williams. Yeah. You know, and watched hook watched. I actually saw reruns of Mork and Mindy. When, okay. Uh, I was say that, that's how old I, you got me at first when you came in here saying that I think we we're, or I thought we were a similar age. I could be your dad. Right. But I mean, I remember when Mork and Mindy came out, I had the suspenders. I really <laughs> oh, did. Yep. There you go. Yeah. yeah the I, mean, I knew the whole nine years. I would watch the reruns on, on Nickelodeon. Okay. I, I watched his movies. So to see that happen was like, Oh, mm such a light that's uh, that went away and then recently with uh anthony bourdain yeah. uh, passing away and that's someone who my wife got me into because she was a travel channel viewer oh. i really wasn't but when we got married it would be on i wouldn't change it because i found it interesting and so yeah. when his show would be on it was fantastic and of course we loved it when he was stopped by portugal and the azores of course we'd like those episodes why yeah. not yeah and so when that happened it was like man this is someone this is an impact on us and people would put up the the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, Lifeline, they put up things and there were these, as with social media, there's always going to be great positive things and really bad negative things. Okay. And there were people who made comments who compared sharing the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline with the thoughts and prayers quote, uh -huh. where people just say thoughts and prayers and that's it. And they were just compared to that. Or they'd say all these people are, getting crazy about celebrities dying, but people are committing suicide every day. Mm. And to that case, I understand what they're saying when it comes to that. But I've been one of those who I have shared, whether it's someone I know, someone down the street, military, or a celebrity. Because in either case, it's still someone who's taken their life. Right. It's still someone who felt they had no way out of their pain besides this. And to say that the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is the same as saying thoughts and prayers isn't accurate because sure someone can say thoughts and prayers but also they can be following it up with something else okay more they're doing than just that sharing the national suicide prevention lifeline you are literally giving a phone number out there to trained professionals who are there for the situation there are people i know who have talked about suicide or contemplated in the past and when asked what would they be more comfortable with, talking with family and friends oh. or talking with someone on the phone, Absolutely. they'd rather go to the phone. Yeah. Because it's someone they don't know. It's someone who's trained in it. And it's someone whose job is to hear out what they have to say. Family can be amazing. Friends can be amazing. But sometimes if they're not actually listening, if they're not really trained in it, they'll just give one side yeah. or what you should do. And don't do that. Don't consider yeah. that. Family, they mean well when they do it. They mean to be helping you. But the way they're saying it, isn't gonna isn't gonna work for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's why that lifeline's there. So that's why I don't attribute that to being the same thing as saying the thoughts and prayers. But after seeing that happen and seeing the response, and then seeing you know and thinking about the things in my past with my family and what I was going through, I wanted to make it. You know what? This is something that I want to be an advocate for. This yeah. is something I want to start 
being an advocate for. Um, so on my birthday, my 36th birthday on Facebook, I put out a Facebook makes it really easy when you want to donate. Yeah, There's a donate sure. button. And I said, you know what, for my birthday, I did a whole video with and everything for my birthday. I want you to donate to the American foundation for suicide prevention. They are the ones who head up that out of the darkness walk that happens in Sacramento and so many. Okay. When is that? I mean, I, I, I'm right here in the area. I've never heard of that. And I feel bad. Yeah. In Sacramento, they typically have it in October. And I think it's usually the first weekend of October. Okay. They meet up at the Capitol and they do just this long walk from the Capitol to the bridge and back. And out of the darkness, are we, I mean, is it literally at night or is it a, when I've gone, it's been in the morning. I'm okay, not okay. sure if they've changed. Okay. It. Uh, but yeah, they, they have a focus on, you know, getting out of the darkness okay. of suicide, okay. getting out of the taboo of not talking about yeah. suicide, making it something we can actually talk about. You said something great on your episode about suicide when you mentioned that talking about it doesn't put the idea. No, it doesn't. That's and a I big completely myth. agree yeah. with that. Yeah. It, it's, it makes you want to talk about it instead of putting it under a rug. Yeah. Uh, the show 13 Reasons Why, I was such a, I'm such a staunch defender of that show because it's putting it out there. Mm-hmm. It's for you to talk about. Should, you know, teenagers to watch with their parents? Absolutely. You bet. That is something teens should watch with their parents because they'll have a way to talk about it. Also, it'll open parents' eyes up to what kids are going through today. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I've said it, no matter how bad we think we were bullied back when we were kids growing up. You went to school, you got bullied, you still had that buffer of coming home and being away from the bully. Mm-hmm. Today, with social media, the way kids have it, they're bullied at school and they're bullied when they come home because it's on Twitter, it's on yeah. Facebook, it continues. So it's always on their mind for 24-7. So that show would help out immensely for responsible parents and teens to watch together. And okay, now I have to jump on my soapbox if you're mm-hmm. okay. So when I, whenever I do anything where I'm talking about parents talking to kids and you're, you're dead on... Um, you know, we want to be able to facilitate that conversation and, and I just, uh, soapbox, um, mm-hmm. parents, when your kids come to you and you say, you can tell me anything, then if they present something like I'm being bullied or I feel sad, you know, don't jump into fix it in judgment mode. Exactly. Uh, don't overreact. If you do catch that immediately and apologize, be very present and aware. And, but the fixing and judgment statements, I mean, it, it, and even if it's like, man, I'm feeling really down or sad, you know, you they, they just were vulnerable. They open up their heart and now they don't want to hear, well, if you'd like study a little harder, then maybe you wouldn't feel so bad. Or if you wouldn't just uh, hide yourself in your room playing Fortnite all the time, then, you'd, uh, <laughs> then you would, you know, you would feel better or because what does that say? And it's like, okay, my parents want to hear nothing yeah. of what, what I'm going through right now. They want a quick fix and that's it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, parents, it is the, okay, tell me more about that. Empathy is be getting in their shoes. It is not saying, oh man, I know what you're saying, champ. When I was a kid, you know, I had to do this because already then a, a kid hears, Okay, I know how this one goes. I've yeah, heard this story right. before. Exactly. Um, and, and, and thank you for bringing up that point where it will not put it in one's head. Um, and I always said, what I, I'm telling you, one of the things I actually love about the initial assessment as a therapist is you, you let them know, you know, the only talks about uh, to self or harm to self or others. But then you say, have you ever thought about suicide? And, and I can't tell you how many times you watch somebody almost look like, Okay, I don't think I'm supposed to say yes. Like maybe he's gonna, you know, lock the door and call call the cops. Mm-hmm. Or, but it's mm-hmm. like I, if somebody tells me I've never even contemplated it, never even thought about it, never thought about it, what would happen or what it would be like, I kind of feel like I don't know if I believe you. You know, it's more of the yeah, maybe I have at times when I felt down. Um, as a mental health professional, you're looking for do you have you know a, a plan, you know, or, or that sort of thing. Yeah. You, you want to talk about that. But I mean, it's normal to kind of get so down or sad that that some thoughts will cross your head. So it goes back into the thing about. You know, um, 
Man, I'm sorry. Now I'm stealing your whole episode. <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, okay, I'm going on a soapbox. So right? yeah, this, I, everywhere I get to speak, I love to talk about inappropriate thought syndrome. And what that is, is everybody has inappropriate, crazy, mean, whatever. Thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you have them doesn't mean that's you or you're going to act on them. And the third part is thought suppression doesn't work. So when you tell yourself, I can't, I, what am I doing? I can't believe I'm thinking that. So think about then if somebody feel, hears about a suicide and if they're like, man, you know, I've thought about that too. Oh my gosh. Right. Am I, you know, I can't think about that. Stop thinking about that. What's wrong with me? Um, that's not the way to work. The way it works is like, okay, I, I, you know, I noticed that I'm thinking about that. Um, it's okay. Uh, maybe I need to talk to somebody about that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back to you. No, no, no. That, that, it was perfect. No, that's, that, <laughs> no, that's, so, that, that was perfect. On Talking to kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk it, to your it, kids. Talk to your kids. Yeah, the show. There's your reasons why. There it made go. me defend that show and everything about it. So I, looked into places like American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Mm -hmm. uh, there's Mission 22. Is I saw one. that on some of your social media. What is that the, so that uh, the military? Yes, military. Ah, the 20, okay. 20, every day, 22 military service men and women uh, take their life. Mm -hmm. So the their mission is to, you know, just like AFSP, it's bring it the light out, bring it out, talk about it, make it apparent. So there's those guys. Project Semicolon wow. is one that I learned about after 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. And it's basically saying the semicolon represents this is where your life could have ended, but you're still going, like yeah. a sentence. And there's people who get it who either have thought about doing it and didn't do it, or family members of those who have taken their life, where they would get the, the tat and represent that mm -hmm. way. A lot of the, I guess a lot of the stars on the show, 13 Reasons Why, got that tattoo mm. as their connection to the show and to the topic itself. So all these organizations that I've suddenly become interested in, wanting to hear more about, learn more about, I'm still in the pre-stages of wanting to become okay. an advocate for this, but it's definitely something that I want to focus on. And like you said, planning the idea, all the, you know, it's been around my life since I was, you know, since I was 12. Yeah. So I'm, it's been there. It's just made me want to, you know, turn into a positive. Yeah. Bring it out to the light, make it something we can talk about. We can, the more we talk about it, the more we can find easier ways to help those that have this issue. Cause I know it's going to sound cliched, but I mean, if somebody is posting and posting and posting about it and there are going to be people that are like, okay, I get it. You know, but there's somebody there that's saying, okay, I've seen that number enough or I respect that person or, okay, finally I'm going to reach out. And again, world of cliches, I kind of don't care. Right. right no. If you help one person, I mean, that's worth the, the, that's, that's the, it's, it's the line from, uh, from Schindler's list. Uh, you save one person, you save humanity entirely. Yeah. So it's, you're saving someone and you're talking to a guy who loves superheroes. So, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's something ingrained in me since I was five. It's, it's wanting to help. Yeah. Wanting to help. And now I'm learning on ways how I can okay. and take my negative and turn it into a positive. Okay. I felt very Bruce Wayne the way I said it. Did it really? It's true. You know, take taking this negative impact and turning it into something else. But. Okay. <laughs> so is it true? Is uh, Spider Man the one that talked about power and responsibility, or what's uh, that? Spider Man is the quote uh, his uncle Ben told him: "With great power comes great responsibility." Okay. Um, that one is brilliant. It is. It's a it's a fantastic. That one, one. makes me a big Spider Man fan. Oh yeah. Oh, as you should. Be. He's one okay. of the, he's one of the top. Well, and I also think that um, I mean I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm not just going to turn into something, but I feel like I could get bit by a radioactive spider. So I mean, if there was ever a chance for oh, me to become possible. a superhero, I believe it. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we reported on them, the Capers Traders. We would report that. We do. <laughs> yeah, anything else you want to share? Uh, yeah. If, uh, if you're interested in any of the things that I do, yeah. um, my, uh, social media had tag, my social media tag, uh, 
account name handle handle that's go. it my social media handle is the azorian one it's not the arizonan okay people have thought that i've never been in arizona i wouldn't mind it i've never been there okay uh do you need to spell that then i will yeah the azorian so the and then a-z-o-r-e-a-n azorian uh-huh. It's the islands off the coast of Portugal, the Azores oh. Islands. Oh, I've heard that. Okay. My family's from okay. Portugal's Hawaii, basically. The Azorian one. It's a play on my wrestling hero, The Rock. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Johnson he used to call himself the great one in wrestling. Oh. Amongst other nicknames he had. So I'm the Azorian one. I'm not quite him, but I'm the Azorian version. Um, the Azorian one is on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm Anthony Steves on Facebook. Uh, I write for Latino Review Media under Anthony Steve. So you go there, you can search my name and see the articles I write. I also have a Medium account, but because I'm writing so much for LRM that I haven't written much lately on Medium, but I'll be back on there soon. Uh, the Cableless Crusaders are tagged. So it kind of switches up on depending on the one you're on. If you're following us on Twitter, we're called the Cableless Ones, mm. O-N-E-S, because somebody grabbed Crusader before us. Did you hate that? Uh, big time. I don't think he likes us either. But uh, on By the way, as I say, that our Twitter handle is uh, Couch Virtual. Couch Virtual, <laughs> yes. And then your virtual couch on Instagram. Instagram. You got to keep them guessing. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so Twitter, we're the Capeless Ones. Instagram, we're the Capeless Crusaders. We're all one word. And we're the Capeless Crusaders. Wow. The Capeless Crusaders on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash the Capeless Crusaders. We will have our episode Monday night, which will be the night that this airs. I okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to go out Monday morning. Monday morning. Right, so early. we'll have our episode tonight, if you're listening. Um, will you be talking about, will you will you plug this, Anthony? Absolutely. It would mean the world to me. They, they, they have no problem being plugged in this. Okay, absolutely. Okay. Um, and am I seeing anything else? Uh, All right. So now, okay. <laughs> and you can still talk about it. And please, yeah. uh, no one go away yet. So this is the yes. time of the show where I pull. Oh, here we go. Eli's Extracts. All natural, organic, shaving cream, scented with uh, essential oils. You, my friend, because this was such a good appearance, um, if it hadn't gone well, I was going to pull out the Bogota. Um, <laughs> no, actually, the Bogota is wonderful. All of, all of my, this is my favorite, Rangoon. Nice, Rangoon. Now, that's funny. So the founder of the company, um, you know, a friend of mine, and when we wouldn't hear from each other every now and again, there's some movie. This is why I'm pulling this. There were, it was like an old uh, World War II movie where they would say, come in, Rangoon. Do you know this at all? This sounds familiar. Okay. So then if we hadn't heard, heard from each other one. in a while, we would send each other an email that would say, come in Rangoon. Okay. So then uh, so when he starts the company, the first uh, flavor is Rangoon. So this yeah. is shave cream with essences of cucumber, fresh pear, and fresh peach. Nice. Smell that. Come on. That smells delightful. Do you want to eat it? I, I was going to consider it, yeah, but I don't true, think I should. No. True story. If you go to the Facebook page of Eli's Extracts back in the day, um, I put some on toast and I did eat it. And I really was, I mean, I was trying to do it to be funny, but there was a part of me inside that thought, it's really not going to be that bad. Uh-huh. It was really bad. <laughs> um, and I think that essential oil, well, no, I mean, there's some people that consume them. I don't think that the ones in here were meant to be consumed. I wanted to see the face change. On yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I did eat some on toast. So this is a gift for I you. I appreciate that. I wish uh-huh. I had to shave before this episode, but yeah. when I do again, I'm using this thing right here. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Right. So, Thank you very much. Uh, absolutely. appreciate that. Um, man, you. I can't wait to have you on again. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of real quick random thoughts. Yes. Um, Anthony, Tony, and we talked about Tony Stark. I don't know if there's any... I mean, significant with great first name, I think. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, uh, he truly did make me think that we were the same age, which now I feel extremely silly about. <laughs> um, I apologize for the, the, you know, I just thought that the sweat would add a glistening tone to no, the video. I, I thank you. I thank you because not only did I shine <laughs> yeah. inside, but I shine on the outside there as we go. well. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> me. Uh, we're going to have links to everything that we mentioned today. And I'm grateful for your vulnerability about, um, really about the, 
the role that you're now you're now taking to uh, to promote the talk of suicide prevention. And uh, and I'm really man, the, the what you shared about where you can follow the negative self talk and and how it can how far that can go, mm-hmm. I think is really going to help people that might be. No. So, I mean, I, I want you to know, I think if you hear from Anthony, you don't have to even get to that point where you're contemplating suicide to then say, I need help or I need to be vulnerable or reach out. Um, Cause a lot of times there are some things going on in life that uh, you do really just need to have a little better perspective on. Yes. Right? And I, yeah. That, and I, and I got to say my, my tag team partner, uh, my wife, she bless her. She was there. She's been there for every step of the way and she made it that much easier. Nice. So, uh, Babe, thank you. I love you. There you go. Seriously. No, I appreciate that. All right. Um, As uh, per usual, uh, those here in the audio will now be taken away with Aurora Florence's It's Wonderful. Anthony, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. And wrap. I I don't know if that's what they say, but something like that, right? Compressed emotions flying past Our heads and out the other end of the daily grind it's wonderful elastic waste and rubber ghost i'm floating past the midnight hour they push aside the things that matter most Strengths and